we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And to throw ourselves epic multi-city birthday parties. Have you ever actually done that? Yes, I have. And it was epic. God damn it. We're talking about that event staff situation, the party down profession, the working the wedding gig. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And I'm Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are talking to an extraordinarily talented individual. He received a Tony Award nomination for originating the role of Smokey Robinson in Motown, the Broadway musical. Yeah, but also, he's been on America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, Madam Secretary, and just about every single Broadway show and touring company in the past decade. He performed at the frickin' Kennedy Center. And he is a blast from Bieber's past. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Charles Brown. Woo! Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I love that intro. I, I'm super starstruck. Like, Jason had to write this because I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't know how to, what am I gonna do? I literally had this moment where I was like, what would Ellen do? How would oh, Ellen that introduce good. such a star? It was like amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> I think, I think we, she'd be proud. Do you want she to tell does. everyone how you and Cheryl know each other? I don't know if that's safe for broadcast. Uh, we can just give the technical aspects of it. Okay. <laughs> Charles and I know each other. We went to USC. We were in da, both. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> You just left that unresolved, and it's going to bother me for the rest of my night. Thank you very much. That's they pretty you. much drill school spirit into you from your first freshman orientation before you start school. So oh, yeah. It's very much a part of the culture at USC, which I appreciate. It's very, like, cinematic, the way your experience is, because you have all the costumes in the set of actually Hollywood films, to be quite honest. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, like, wears USC garb. I mean, it's great. It's a great four-year experience like as a, a young a person pure pageantry way pure pure pageantry i get it i went to a big 10 i went to michigan state and it's like oh yeah yeah you get it i, I mean you i you mean you it. enter the school they're like here's your green and white start yes. painting your body immediately yeah. okay. yes thank you i somehow <laughs> managed to remain immune to that indoctrination and uh rather oblivious yeah. for all four years and, and everything since then I remember going to one football game um, and leaving at halftime because I was just so bored. Well, you're a New Yorker. Well, Anyways. Yeah, and we're also, we were in the school of theater. We were kind of like the redheaded stepchildren of the university anyway. <laughs> we kind of like did our own little thing. I, I came from a football family, so it, it was interesting to me. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if you'd let me know that, I would have like tagged along and gotten more interested. But I just we thought, had enough of our own tailgating in our own way. You <laughs> like you were for me. You were what football was for everybody else. <laughs> you were just like nice. this amazing, talented person. I'm like, oh my god, I'm with the people who are going to be the stars of the world one day. Well, you oh god, hitched your wagon. Wow, look at that. You, you were right. God damn right, I did. Um, it's interesting. You to were me. cherry picked, Charles. Oh, because the way you guys talk about it. I definitely think that the um, BFA or the BA in theater or the BFA in theater from USC was its own fraternity. Yes. Because I know yes. a lot of all of you and I'm like, 
Yeah, you guys are very Greek. Yeah, it was a sorority. I mean, it, yes. <laughs> yes, it was a sorority. <laughs> but, you know, we all definitely had our own ceremonial things that mimicked, you know, the fraternity life. And we had our own sorts of frat parties that were just us crazy, nerdy theater kids. <laughs> and you've all stuck together, which is incredible. Yeah. I think that's lovely. Yeah, we've, been, we've had lifelong friendships. It's great. I mean, you know, now as we get older, you actually start to realize how important that stuff is. Because then we were just being ourselves. But yeah. something stuck. I'm in touch with the majority of my friends from college. Yeah. Not all. Awesome. I, yeah. I, I fell off with a lot of people. And uh, of late, especially during this pandemic, I have been reconnecting with a lot of people, which is cool. Because that's the beauty that. of it. It's yeah. like the humanity in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's brought us all a little bit closer because nobody, like I was saying this last night, nobody just texts, Hey, how are you? Or happy birthday. Now they just pick up their phone and FaceTime you without warning yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Full we court press. From, we went from phone calls to texting, very safe, to just straight up in your business. Here I am. Hi. Yeah. Hi. I, no, I'm not dressed, but you FaceTimed me. Okay. So you're welcome. We found out last <laughs> night about a new app. Oh, Marco Polo. Marco Polo, which may be oh, yeah. this problem. I haven't. Yes. Done. It's like what, video texting or something? Video, video texting. texting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one way. It's not, it's, you know, you, you can send somebody the video message, but right. not necessarily like, you know, jump into their shower with them when they're not. Yes. For it. Yeah. So right. I want to say this bringing it back for one second Why and not? then we can go off again. Um, Charles was exceptionally gifted and talented in college. You knew That's that he was going to be a star. As people have may have seen on my social media, um, he is a Broadway actor, more than just a Broadway actor, but he is a New York based actor and big on Broadway. Um, but what was your trajectory? How did you get from USC to New York to being Tony nominated? Where, like, what okay. In between that, like <laughs> that job. That job. You know, listen. I very proudly have waited very many a table. Um, and when I first moved to New York, in fact, up until I got my first Broadway show, actually, I was a cater waiter, and I really loved that experience. Um, and some people might find it to be, you know, demeaning or not quite what they want to be doing, but I found it as a wonderful way to like see some environments and rooms in New York City that I like would never be invited to, I thought, or so I thought. Um, now because, you, you know, if you, it, it has happened where I've been invited to a place I waited, I did a catering gig at, like right before I got my first Broadway show and it was like mind blowing. But, you know, <laughs> there were some rooms I was in, I mean, I, I've, the catering company that I worked for, which was called Ultra Events, they're still actually um, operating and they hire a lot of young actors and models um, to, as their waiting, as their uh, cater waiter staff. And so, we would do gigs out um, at huge at fashion designers' houses in the Hamptons during the summer times. We've been in people's houses. Uh, Bill Clinton spoke at one of the events I cater waiter um, here in New York City in the, in Soho. Like so, it was actually an indoctrination into like New York culture that I don't know if I would have gotten if I would have you know done any other sort of job. So I really look back on those times, and I made some really good friends. Like I have a few really good friends that have been with me. Um, that was 15 years ago and have been with me since we were cater waiters together. So it's been quite the experience to now sometimes be invited to those same spaces. And, you know, and there's, there's a time even where um, I was invited to perform at an event and the wait staff was my old, the company I had okay. cater waitered with and a bunch of my friends were waiting tables that night. 
That's awesome. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. And also, if I'm one of those friends going like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, yeah, um, perhaps. Speaking of that, so let me, let me ask you this. How long did you uh, cater for the company? So I would say for five years. It was like, yeah, for, so from 2015 when I moved here until um, 2000, sorry, 2005 when I moved to New York City until 2010 okay. when I got my first Broadway show. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, which and was then, Sister Act. Sister Act, which I can't yeah. saw. Yeah. yeah, you did. That was my debut. <laughs> that was awesome. I love Sister Act. <laughs> so awesome. So when you book your first thing, when you book Sister Act, mm -hmm. did you give notice? Were you like, um, I finally made it. I'm on a Broadway show. Bye. What do you do? Um, basically what I did at that point. Now, here's another, here's a funny addendum to that. Along with cater waitering, like I would sometimes like, um, wait tables of bartend at like other restaurants as well. And okay. so while I was cater waitering, I was also training to be a bartender um, at this restaurant um, in Midtown. And that I had started like literally for a week, a good friend of mine to this day, his name is Jared Miller. He's an actor as well. To this day, um, we laughed about the fact that he was training me for a week to bartend at his restaurant. And then I got um, sister act. Like, <laughs> I did two days of training. And then I, I was like, mm, I won't be coming back here. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the cateratering job, I just sort of stopped being available for things and they sort of just stopped calling me because I, right. you know, with mm -hmm. the theater. Ooh, Saturday night. I've got, this, I've got a thing Saturday night. Yeah. Ooh, I can't do that gig. Um, <laughs> but eventually they caught on. I told them, yeah, I'm going to be in the show. Because, you know, when you're in rehearsals during the day, you can maybe get a gig in here or there at night. Yeah. So I kind of kept that channel open because New York is not inexpensive to put it that way. No, and it can be brutal. And you don't even <laughs> know um, if one show is going to lead to another show. Like, how long yes. is your con was your contract for Sister Act? That contract was uh, for a year, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So, and it ended up running for two years on Broadway, which is great. Sweet. Yeah. That's but in, awesome. the, in, in the middle of that, though, I, um, I, I did book my other Broadway gig while I was doing Sister Act. I booked the workshop, which became. Motown. After doing a couple of the workshops of Motown the musical before it went to Broadway, I got um, called to do Jersey Boys on Broadway. Yeah. And so awesome. at, at that point, I was doing, there came a time when I was doing Jersey Boys at night and rehearsing for Motown on Broadway during the day um, for a series of weeks. Uh, that's what we call double duty. And you actually want to lose your mind, but you are thankful the whole time because you have two paychecks and you have your next job lined up. So, but it's, it does kill the rest of your body. I'm oh, sure. I can't even imagine how your voice holds up. Yeah, that. I don't know how it did, but I, I got through it. And, you know, I pride myself on being very old school when it comes to theater. So I actually, like, and my director knew I was doing both. And so I couldn't call out of the show. So I literally did all the performances and all, all the rehearsals. Um, but, you know, I was young. <laughs> Back before you picked up fake smoking. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrible habit. Applies to you because I think that you've consecutively booked show from show from show once that happened, right? You, you it was when that happened. Yes, but you know, it's been four years. Well, it's been five years since I've been on Broadway at this time, and right. and some of that was conscious decision, and some of that is just the way it kind of goes, you know. Especially like in that five year run. I went from debuting in the ensemble and as an understudy to, you know, becoming a principal. So the, the, it all changed um, in a good, in a great way. And I'm 
gotten to work with some great people just and great Broadway directors and choreographers and the like, but just not on Broadway again yet. Um, but, you know, there's some things that have been in the works for a while that we were hoping um, would happen sooner than later. But now, who knows? Nothing, nothing's happening happen. sooner. <laughs> right. So nothing's happening sooner. But let's talk about what you can talk about. So you didn't have to yeah. go back to cater waitering. Yeah. Now you're, you've didn't established a certain- Not yet. <laughs> just, just so you never, you never went back, right? I didn't, no, I was fortunate enough to not have to go back. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And yes, COVID-19, you have screwed the world of entertainment. Yes. So um, I'm not above going back. I mean, I, listen, I like to work. So it, yeah. and I am proud of everything I do. So if I have to cater away here again, I will. Trust. Well, and we know you have antibodies. So people, you, you just right. some other so plasma. Um, yeah. Well, I did hear, if you have not seen Charl, because this is a podcast, look him up. You are quite gorgeous. And I know that for models, they've been sending like lighting kits and backgrounds, like photographers, oh, yeah. and teaching the models how to do the, you know, so maybe we can get you into that because I would buy those. Yeah. You know, yes, I'll, I'll get into the modeling. Sure. I don't care. I'll do <laughs> I would buy those pictures. It's a whole um, new day. Well, let's talk about um, when you were catering waitering for yeah. a second. Did anybody make it before you from the group? <laughs> How does that feel? Oh, right. Oh. Yeah. Who got Damn called it. up to the majors first? Yeah, actually, my, yeah, a good friend of mine who I have known for many years. In fact, he was a friend of mine before I moved to New York. His name is Brandon Pearson. He actually was in the original cast of Hair, the musical Hair, oh. which I had done in Europe. And um, I got my equity card doing it, actually, at Tuts in Houston. And so he was actually the first one called up to the majors. But he, he did come back in Cater Waiter after that show uh, eventually closed. So, oh, so he, he was in the show for the full run. I wonder. He was in the show for the full run. Yeah, he did the, the, did the, in the park, he did it. And then he did it on Broadway as well. Did you, so when you did the show, did you do it with him? No, I've never, I did hear with him in Europe. We toured Europe together doing it, but I didn't do it on Broadway. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I must have seen him. I must have seen him because I, I saw him. He probably did. He was in every all the productions of it. And he went to London with it too. And is he cater waitering now? Um, no. But he was for very many years. Now he is teaching at a um a school or he was teaching at a school upstate that we hope still exists. Right, of course. So yeah. so that's the thing that like I, I the um pattern if, if you're not in, in, an actor, a writer, somebody in entertainment um, and listening, that is the common theme and pattern of all artists is we yeah. have our ups and then we have our... Hey, yeah. And I, I hesitate to call it bombs <sighs> because I find the most inspiration for my writing uh, and character building in general from the jobs that I yes. do that aren't in yeah. entertainment. Like Absolutely. those are the best experiences. Like I agree with you. Um, even if some of them stress me out to the point where I'm just like, please respect me. Please don't treat me like this. I, it's yeah. still that point that it gives me that sort of energy that I know who my character is so right. much better because I've lived it, it and experienced it. And it's given, like I said before, it's given me experiences that I wouldn't have had, especially as a young kid just moving to New York. I mean, now I even, it even influenced the way I can dream or the things I want to aspire to have. Cause I didn't know, I mean, I didn't grow up in Manhattan. I didn't grow up in Manhattan, like some of us here. So I didn't know the types of things that people Jason do when they run around the city. <laughs> you know, I didn't, 
I didn't understand that you could have a pool on your private roof, or I didn't understand that you know that you have a second home in the Hamptons and it looks like that, you know. <laughs> so. Or that you were your father was actually friends with the Real Housewives of New York City and like exactly mentioned his name in episodes, and you're like, what <laughs> like wait, the what? Hell? Yeah. Yeah. A few of which I've met, I've met, I've come, I've come to meet now Stop through it. the Broadway. Yes. Which ones? Um, the Countess. I've met a couple times. Um, she's a big, she's a big. Uh, That's the only one I watch. She's York a big. City. She's a big musical fan. Yeah, yeah she well, actually she came to see to Motown. Yeah, yeah. She, did. yeah. Well, she does the cabaret. She does the cabaret. She does the I cabaret. I have not been. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it either. Although I will say she did sing one night at, I think it was one of the Tony nights at the Carlisle, like at the after party. Like at his face. Everyone goes to. And she was at the piano um, with a, I can't remember which very famous composer it was, but, and she decided to sing. And I mean, listen, she has chutzpah. She was yeah. in a room full of like Tony award winning Broadway stars and like everyone after the Tonys. And she got on the piano at this after hours and was singing. I was like, well, you know what, Countess? Good, good for good you. For you. For the confidence. That's, that's all feel, it takes. That's how I feel about people who sing karaoke. I'm all, no, yeah. I won't do that. But, you know, I appreciate watching it because all these people have chutzpah. Even have the ones chutzpah. that are like auditioning for American Idol at the karaoke bar because it's LA. Come on. Yeah, it's LA. Yeah. They're like, find me. I'm here. And I'm like, yeah. <sighs> here to be discovered <laughs> but i can't i can't pass judgment because i won't even get up and sing karaoke right no, exactly kidding. and that's actually what it takes you know to yeah. make it yeah. and it doesn't as we have seen it doesn't always take talent oh, <laughs> to become a star did you hear that <laughs> i don't think he was talking about himself no but he said it so sweetly so for everybody listening who just wants to be an asshole on tiktok you could yeah. that's what charles yeah. Yeah. That, that's the translation <laughs> you too. <laughs> Not saying there's room for everybody, there's but you could get everyone. lucky. Uh, I'm off topic here. Okay, so. But on, but getting back on topic, uh, speaking of Instagram, if you know, for those of you listening, and for you, need to need to check out Charles' Instagram because you have oh, been yeah. like, making the most out of this time at home <laughs> and putting a me. He's he's he's. You know, performing. He's singing. I've been performing a little bit. Look, I missed my stage. Because I just got accepted as as his friend. Was it private? Oh, really? No, I don't. Was it private? Yeah. I mean, I was like, I'm gonna ask to be friends with you, anyways. Charlie, why don't I have more hits? (laughs) (laughs) I will say that I definitely have enjoyed some when I need to sing, um, having the opportunity to do that on my phone, so there's an audience because it's getting a little boring around singing around the house. I love <laughs> and I'm used to just like, the phrase, when I need to sing. Love it. When I need to sing. When I just need. Yeah. How do, you, <laughs> how do you take care of your voice? I know that's like sort of a little off topic too, but I'm curious how, because you're now side hustling also. It's not really a side hustle in my opinion because it's amazing. <laughs> um, but with a duop group or. Yeah, the duop project. The duop yeah. project. And how do you keep your voice trained? Like, I mean, through something like this. Well, it's a, that's a really good question. And I'm not sure that I'm successful at it, but I'm trying. <laughs> so, you still sound um, good, so yeah. Thank you. I mean, I just and naturally just am one to sing at all times. So, like, I definitely do spend a good hour in total a day probably singing, you know, whether it be in the shower or while I'm cleaning around the house or whatever. So, like, I don't feel like I'm missing out. My voice is really, like, I don't feel like my voice is not going to be ready whenever we come back. But I do think that my stamina 
might be in question. Because, you know, when I'm with the Do Art Project, which I'll tell you about in one sec, but we do a 90-minute show and we're on stage the whole time. So, like, that is something you only can do. And as much as I work out, I work out five days a week during this. But even that is not enough to prepare you for having to sing um, and dance for yeah. 90 minutes straight. Yeah. Um, so that I'm a little worried about. But you know what? We can take it. Luckily, we have the, we have the opportunity to, t- to take it easy because we call the shots. I mean, the Do Our Project is a group that a bunch of my friends and I started um, from Broadway, a bunch of my guy friends from Broadway. We all did uh, Jersey Boys together, and then a couple of us also did Motown together. And we decided to do a doo-wop group that sort of, like, embodied the style and the sound of those old groups, but give it a modern twist. And we, like, mm-hmm. doo-wopify, like, pop songs, like Adele and Sam Smith and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then also we do some, like, classic doo-wop, like, oldies but goodies, literally is the title of the song, um, one of the songs we sing. And we just, we travel the world, actually, and we get to bring, it, you know, some a little Broadway, a little bit of doo-wop, a little bit of pop to people all around, and it's great. And so I really miss being on stage in that capacity, too. Yeah, that's awesome. That's literally yeah. a musical group. Yeah, I mean, it was a little side job. I mean, we were all in Broadway shows when we started the group. We would, like, take personal days to go and, like, do these one-off gigs, like, maybe once every couple months. Mm-hmm. And um, our show, Motown closed, and we had extra time, and we just started booking more and more and more gigs. So now it's like we do, I would say, 80 gigs a year sometimes. Oh, and wow. we go all across the I mean, we, I don't know if I can say this right now, but we went to Beijing, China for the first time last you can, year. You can say um, you went there, just July. don't say you brought yeah. anything back. Right. Yeah, no, I don't think, <laughs> we didn't bring anything back. It was way, well before the pandemic. But um, last year, nonetheless. Uh, but, you know, we've been to... Canada and Bermuda and um, all over the place. So it's been quite the side job that could. That's so interesting. I want to ask you a couple uh, really particular questions about that. Um, One, so you guys decide you want to do this thing. Do you hire a PR person or an agent to represent you to get you these gigs then? Yeah, so we've had a few agents, but right now we, well, you know, it's it's funny. Our agents actually just got laid off from uh, Paradigm. And so I don't, you know, but we're still signed with them. So I'm not exactly, we don't, no one knows how that's all going to play out. But yes, we have always had an agent. We also have a management team who is still working with us. Um, And that's Architect Theatricals. And that's who people can contact if they want to book us these days. But um, so, yeah. So, and then, you know, they, they look for work for us. And right now we're trying to come up with some creative ideas of how we can maybe get on a stage in the near future. Yeah. um, You know, maybe maybe drive-ins we're like thinking outside the box and trying to like come up with something that'll be safe and yet we'll still be an experience for our audience because they've been facebooking us nonstop and they miss they miss us a lot um so we're trying to come up with a way to to get to them safely can you put an album out yeah we the problem is um we just can't get to the studio and we can do it from home but you know that would be quite the task because we work well when we're together in the studio. We have a couple albums out on iTunes and we know from that, like when we're together in the studio, sometimes we'll bounce off. Like sometimes someone will sing something they're not supposed you know how it is when you're making yeah. a, a record. So sure, totally. I would love to, but until, you know, but although they, they have released the restrictions in New York and they're saying, you know, you can gather in groups less than 10. So maybe if the five of us can get together mm-hmm. and after we've all been tested and, you know, do something safely, we might. We, but 
we do have a track that is in the can that we're trying to edit and that will be released at some point oh. before we get back on stage. So, so um, that's all good. We're gonna and put it's a one link. of our duopified songs. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> we're gonna put up a link for everybody to the duop project so that they can listen to the music that is uh, published out. Um, uh, can they purchase the album or is it? Yes, you okay, can purchase on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music. We have a Christmas album and our debut self-titled album. Awesome. Nice. That's amazing. You got, yeah. That's amazing. That's like, okay, listen, here's the thing, people. Like we talk about, um, we have a friend that was on who is a TV film actor, but his um, gravy job is commercials, which I'm like, people die the Commercial. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I'm gonna say uh, Tony nominated Broadway actor, but his side project is big time recording artist. <laughs> I don't want people to know. On the side, I tour the world and, and perform. <laughs> like, listen, you too can have a humble side project. When I'm not selling doing big time novels. <laughs> when I'm not living the dream, I'm living your dream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest, I'm living my boy band in sync dream exactly. we call ourselves a man band like, we call ourselves because like i'm literally you cannot tell me i'm not justin timberlake sometimes when like i'm in the middle of a concert because i'm mm -hmm. full on giving it to you like mm -hmm. i'm literally about to do bye, bye, bye. i mean i love that it's and it's I saw quite the, the tuxedos y'all wear that's very dangerous. yeah and, oh by the way i'm our stylist so all the pictures right you'll you see are the, all the things listen, that i've styled for us listen so. i mean listen. i want your post can we get some posters because that's what i'm talking about i'm gonna yeah picture of the duop project in our house duopify yeah there's one right behind me actually that you guys can see where do we buy yeah. that Merch. Um, so yeah, what back when we have merch again, that's the other thing. We don't even know. So usually after every gig, we would like greet, we'd sit at a table and sign CDs and sell them and merch. And we would greet and hug all of our fans. Mm. And now we're like, well, we can't do that yeah. in, right now, at least if mm. not, if anymore, it's like going to be so interesting to see how it changes. Well, you know, I mean, you just, for the permanent all spray, spray them down, <laughs> then hug. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, plexiglass. Yeah. Maybe the plexiglass. I like the. I like that at CVS. Actually, I'm like, oh, that's not bad. The I just saw a picture on today's news. Um, may have been Apple News. I don't know, but a woman, an elderly woman, and the article is very sad. It's about you know how depression and anxiety has increased, yeah. and people oh, never had it, have it now. But she's hugging yeah. a woman through a plastic sheet, and I was like, oh, that's where we've come to. We hug through shower curtains to. now. Shower curtains, yeah. Shower. No, it can be done. Listen, it can be. It done. can be done. There is a way. There is a way. So I feel like you know we're gonna get creative here. You know, all of us are being tasked with getting creative. Totally. In the meantime, especially we creatives. Totally. I have especially to give my first college creatives. lecture over Zoom. I, and I'm the same way. I like feed off the energy of a room. I'm a stand-up yeah. comic. I'm an actor. Like yeah. giving a lecture over Zoom. I don't, nobody's allowed yeah. to talk to me like this. They are just going to be staring at me. I'm like, that's a TED talk, but without the energy. I'm talking at but you, without the energy. not with yeah. you now. Um, <laughs> How are you going to do that? I mean, what are you going to just, dude, I'm, I have, you can't even go for laughs. Like, what are you I can't go to for do? laughs. I can't go for applause. I can't do anything. It's just going to, it's yeah. going to be boring as fuck. That's <laughs> It's just gonna wow. be boring as fun. Can you have like J Jason there or someone like in your audience? No, like, he has to babysit the five-year-old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything. I'm just gonna be like, hey. Um, oh God, you poor working moms. It's like you know, it's it's 
it's challenging, the ass of working parents all over. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, listen, listen. If one more person tells me how much weight they've lost and how they're catching up, binging their favorite show or reading all the novels on their TBR, their Tubi Reds, I want to just punch them in the throat and be like, oh, you don't have COVID. Good. Here. How's that for you? Because when you have children, you don't get to read books. You don't get to give lectures. You yeah. don't get to binge television unless it's Bluey or Alvin and the Chipmunks. We've seen all the Alvins. Or yeah, oh my God, I do enjoy an Alvin and a Chipmunk. I will say, sure. but on um, oh, the Fraggles are back too. Which one? Fraggle Rock is back <gasps> apparently. Oh. I think it's called Fraggles or something. Yeah, he's seen the old ones. Yeah, all the yeah, old ones. I I made, yeah. Those I made are... sure of that early on. Yes, his, that's his good stuffed parenting. dog is Sprocket. So, yeah, you guys are winning. You're yeah. winning life. But I didn't know there was it was back. <laughs> I didn't know it was there. Was yeah, back. reanimated. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna get down with that. Get down. Yeah. We can binge again. Oh, something new. I got us off track again. But you know, Charles, this is <laughs> amazing. Like, I, so here's the thing. I think that this is positive and, um, you know, sometimes we have like a lot of negative stories, but yours are all positive about your day job. And I have, <laughs> which is great. Which is code for we don't. I, you know, I try to be, a, I try to find the positive because ultimately like what else are you going to do? And like, and right. two, like, I do feel like I've been very fortunate. And so it'd be like really effed up for me to like be complaining about much. Although we're going yeah. through this national crisis, like I've, I've been very fortunate. So I think you can find an education in any of your hardships in life. And like, I certainly didn't like, you know, being a cater waiter when it came down to actually work. Although I did have a really cool trick. All you have to do is like act. Like you pick mm. up this, a knife and you pretend like it's really important to get to the kitchen and back. <laughs> and back. <laughs> that really cut a few, like some good solid half hours out of you know out of the time. I think George Costanza employed the same trick. Um, oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> I, so there's one gig that I had to do. Um, in the, I don't know if you've ever done this. I mean, you're famous. So you have to take pictures with people a lot and be polite about it. But every now and again, I've had gigs where people are like, oh, come take a picture with us, like hosting gigs or whatever. And they'd yeah. be creepy. And I'd be like, oh, in my contract, I'm not allowed to take pictures with people. Like, Ooh, I don't know if you've ever had to pull one of those tricks, but I... <laughs> you know, I... No, it, I wanted to pull that trick a lot. <laughs> but, and let me tell you, I'm not without having been, let's just say... Um, just sort of accosted by some of the, um, let's say, women who are my senior that come oh, to some yes. of our performances. Yeah. And, you know, um, my, some of my bandmates and I have been, have been, you know, fondled in a certain way. Um, but that being the said, Jason Kelly we, episode. <laughs> yeah. That being said, like, you just politely just take the picture and, and have them move on. But like at the end of the autograph, this happens a lot in our autograph line or at the stage door even like on Broadway, like at a certain point you do have the power to just say thank you and good night and go. Mm -hmm. But I, I try and take the time to say, and take a picture with, say hi to anyone who wants to say hi to me and take a picture with anyone who wants a picture. But as we all know, at times it's not easy. And the thing that used to get me, is, or what I started doing was taking people's phones out of their hands and take, because I can do a selfie, I have this long like selfie arm. Oh yeah. So. Where, where do you get those? Those are yeah. nice. I need yeah. those. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, I, I would take control of the situation myself to put it that way. Yeah, that's smart. Let's control yeah. your media. 
That's smart. Controlling media, yeah. That's really smart. Um, let me ask you this. When you, so you graduated USD in 2005 or just before? No, 2000. Oh, bless. Let's run with that, 2000, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, 2005, that's it. <laughs> 2001. So, we but you're from, you were born and raised in Los Angeles, right? Um, San or, Diego, so San Southern Diego. California, okay. yeah. So you stayed right. in LA for a few years before you went to New York? Yes, I did. And, and also, um, so we graduated in 2001. In 2003, I was cast in the European Tour of Hair that I talked about earlier. Perfect. And so I toured Europe for two years before I moved to New York. And then, in fact, that is what gave me the confidence. Because being from SoCal, like, I don't know nothing about no snow. Like, mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to live, you know. But when we were in Germany, and I, for the first time, was understanding what it's like to not only do eight shows a week, and have to like walk to a theater eight times a week, but also like in the snow, I was like, all right, I got you, New York, I can do this. And so that's why I finally moved to New York. And, and I had friends too, who were New Yorkers on the tour with me. So that helped, I had like a built-in support system too. That's great. Which is always How is important. touring Europe? Was that like, um, did you have a special Oh, mon ami. Très bien. Touring Europe was some of the best most formative, most important years of my life, especially because I grew up sort of sheltered. Like my mother was a, she when she retired, she was a principal and my dad was an educator. So like, I always had to kind of be good at school. Not that I wouldn't have been, but just like, you know, there were always extra eyes on me because my parents worked in the school district, but, um, and had really good friends like that were administrators at my school. So like, I kind of, and then, you know, I came from a very religious family. So they kind of just didn't really, I wasn't really exposed to lots of things outside of like you know what was normal for my family um and so going to europe for the first time especially as a black man you know mm -hmm. and like in in seeing these different cultures and different ways that people do things i feel like really formed my like not that i wasn't empathetic already but it really formed my empathy and it made me look at our country from an outside perspective which is important i think too um and it really and like molded bad. me into the yeah the good and the bad the good and the bad and so it really like just shaped my perspective and so i feel like those were some of the most important years of my entire life that's awesome that i'm really grateful for and i got to see some beautiful things we toured eight countries awesome. so i really got to and i was making money you know at, at, at a young age which is you know helped me move to new york Right. It went within the first couple months. But. Sure, but I mean, best thing, best thing <laughs> about touring is that you, you know, you get paid and you get put up, so you got, you know, yeah. almost no overhead. Yeah, almost no overhead. If, and per diem, no, no overhead really. And per diem, yeah, Which it's great. Always great. Yeah. Would you do it again? Would you go on the road it's again? It's so funny. Not up until now. I mean, I would go on the road again. I mean, I'm basically on the road now with the Do What Project, but right. like to do a show, a musical on the road like that. I haven't actually done since then. And what I, yes, it would have to be the right um, show and the right itinerary, but- um, In the right part, you know, I, would, I imagine. In the right part, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm definitely open to that. Um, I, Cause I've never, I mean, I, I've kind of, the Duet Project does play a lot of the same houses that the national tours play. So I, I feel like I've been on tour, but I've never been on like a Broadway first national tour doing a show and taking it across the country. So if the right part and the right show came along, I would definitely want to do that if I could. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. Charles, you're such an inspiration. Like, honestly, I think it's so good because a lot of people, especially during this time, I think it, it's a crossroads. It's like, if you haven't made it yet and you've been just hustling and really yeah. working toward that, and then you've lost everything during this time, 
-hmm. and rent is hard to pay. It can be very a very sobering experience and not always a yeah. sobering experience. So your story is great and I think it's very uplifting and I think your positivity is going to help a lot of people hearing that. I hope sure. so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everyone keeps their head up because it, listen, this will, this too shall pass and artists, we've been doing this. We've bounced back from many things that the arts is actually the first place that people run to in times like we're about to face, which is the depression we might be facing. So for your listeners, everyone keep your head up because it's going to come back and you're going to have a job. And now a lot of us are going to have newfound like desires and goals totally. that we can like go 100%. out there and achieve as soon as it's safe to. So it's just a pause. It's not just over. a pause. Right. Just a, a pause. It's a blip. I'm going to call it a reset. We're just resetting. Reset. I like I, a reset. For a lot of things, I really hope it is. Yeah. It's a reset. Yeah. That's, I'm firmly believing that. Um, now, all yeah. of that positivity aside for a moment. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> you want me to get shady, don't you? I want you to talk <laughs> shit. Talk shit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Here I'm keeping it light and like, oh, Charles made me feel so good about myself right I'm now. I'm just saying, <laughs> I watched favorite. both seasons of Party Down and I know it is not all glory and, and, and roses. Oh, oh no. did you watch Party Down? I didn't watch Party Down. What is that? Oh, you should. It's the, it's the Keto Eater show. It's great. <gasps> oh, yeah. Okay. From I a couple need years to ago. watch that because, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, so many amazing people came out of that show, and yeah, you'd be like, oh my god, that guy's in it, she's in it, wow, but that point notwithstanding. Let me see if I can make you feel better. I couldn't cater waiter because I have no physical grace. Um, I have tried waitressing <laughs> Just and take that. hosting, and yeah. um, even, you know, I had six years of dance when the dance teacher finally told my mom, she's not going to be a dancer. Um, I have very little physical Rough. grace. Like my limbs grew before the rest of my body and I was, I've just been awkward ever since. So that all being said, I did find this job on Craigslist once where I got to be a host for a silent auction company. So it was run okay. by like a former MLB baseball player and his partner. And I would go into these big events at expensive places and set up tables for the silent auction and it was the lamest job ever but i got to go to cool places i otherwise wouldn't be invited yeah. to ever meet people i never want to meet really but also <laughs> the best part is that you meet crazy people i was given the gift of a notebook this man this woman's husband that ran the thing was like oh do you believe in conspiracy theories and i was like oh okay. not really but what, what? are you talking about mm -hmm. and he said well i've published some and he's like and i'd love you to read them and i was like great where do i find the books and he goes i have them he went and got a bill box one of those white bill boxes and his yeah. published book was a series of 10 spiral notebooks five subject college ruled handwritten I started reading them. So no. let me tell you about <laughs> the dirty and the ugly <laughs> that these jobs sometimes bring. Yeah. You've got to have a story. There's got to be something. Oh, the dirty and the ugly. I mean, I will tell you one thing that's a little embarrassing. So when I first got out of school, my friend George and I, you might, you probably remember my friend George. Um, so I, <laughs> I, I remember much um, from that time. I know. We, right out of college, we got jobs as model scouts, and we were tasked with going to malls and looking for good-looking people, 
and being oh. like, hey, do you model? Because you totally should. And like give them our card and try and trick them into coming to this. What ended up being, after we found out, like basically a pyramid type scheme, like where like a pay to play type situation, you know, oh, where so, like so they were supposedly going to be like the next big model, but, and it was like they had to pay this money for these things. And I was like, mm. so. What were they paying money for? How to walk classes? They were paying money to be represented by this agency. And they had, there was like a monthly pay to play situation. Okay, kids, if you're just starting out in this business, or maybe you've been in it for a long time and you're paying your manager or agent, don't do that. You should never pay a manager or agent until you work. They take a percentage of the work that they get you. Of the work. It's a partnership. And you oh only pay them a percentage of the work they get you. They're not entitled to, to, to other work you get yourself. So don't right. pay to play. Don't, don't pay, pay to, to play. play, kids. And <laughs> I can't believe you did that job. Wait, how long did you and George do this job, by the way? I think we did it for like two and a half weeks until we like caught on. Because eventually us as nice. trainers have to go into this like whole you know room. And like they would like, you know, talk about who was like doing the best with like bringing people in. It was just so scammy. This reminds so, me of selling Cutco. It reminds me of, yeah, multi-level marketing. Yes, multi-level marketing, yes. That's what we were doing. You're multi-level marketing. You, uh, you have a downline. Like one of my favorite series that I've been watching um, on Becoming a God in Southern Florida. Have you guys seen this? No. On Becoming a God in Central Florida. I think it was on Showtime stars. Um, um, Kirsten Dunst. Whom I love. Yep. Yeah, who's amazing. You, you, look it up. Uh, on becoming, it's called On Becoming a God. Writing it down. And it is I love amazing. It also stars Beth Ditto, who's a friend of mine, who's an amazing singer and lead singer of the band The Gossip. Or Gossip. It's awesome. It's on yeah. our premium okay. list. It's on the list. Yes. Um, it's well, all about pyramid. It's, it's about a huge pyramid scheme about, like a, basically an Avon situation. All right. So we just opened up a little, a little crevasse here into... Ooh. Yeah, some of the so it's not just cater you know college cater waiter Broadway. You did some other stuff along the way. It sounds like I have done some things along the way. Um, <laughs> so thanks for that. What were you bringing up? Like, which things did you want to mention? <laughs> Are you on Cameo yet? I'm not on Cameo yet. You know, I actually should do that. I don't know what has kept me from it. I think it's the fear of no one actually wanting to book me. <laughs> but um, I certainly haven't. I, yeah, that's true. I haven't. I haven't done it yet. But I have a lot of friends who are, are on there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. At, at this time, it's like, why not? We all, yeah. all all trying to figure out income streams from wherever wherever they might come. Right. Yeah. Of course. The beauty and of those it residual is... checks, you know, yeah. only yeah. do so much. No, and the beauty of Cameo is that no one's spending money on it who can't afford it. And so you're not yeah. taking advantage of anybody. And yeah. it, like you making people feel good. Yeah, you're making someone's day. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. So Jason's sister, we talk about Cameo a lot on this show because most of our guests are on Cameo. And um, Jason's sister texted me for his birthday a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, and she was like, I'm going to do a cameo for Jason for his birthday. And I was like, okay, who are you okay. going to get? You know, it has to be so much you can afford. And, you know, also like that Jason would know because there's a lot of young actors who have not starred on anything, but maybe had one line as a co-star in something. So she's like, does he know either of these people? And I'm like, no. 
when we watched that series twice, you know, like I felt, <laughs> I felt really bad. I was like, sure, throw them 30 bucks. Um, but anyway, she got somebody good and uh, it, it, it was funny and lovely and awkward and sort of like the best thing ever. Um, yeah. What did get for you again? Cold and done. And he's from, from Su Superstore. From Superstore. Yeah. He's okay. He's a really it. funny actor. Cool. He's he does comedy, and um, it, it was like it was sort of the greatest thing ever because you're like, oh, they're just like us. Like we're all really, really working hard at this acting. Yeah, thing. that's great. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, uh, and the landscape is changing. Like we all gotta we gotta figure out more ways <laughs> to, to hustle act right now. To yeah, hustle. Well. all about the hustle. What I, what, I, what I, you know, we were all led to believe when we were kids coming up in this is that once you made it, you made it and you made it big and like the money. And you made it forever. And you, you made it forever. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that all of us are starting to realize that even when you, when you hit those, those benchmarks that you set for yourself, that doesn't mean you're done. You're not done earning. You're not like, I went down an yeah. audition um, last year. And I was paired up with uh, an actor. I'm not going to out him or anything, but uh, I was paired up with an actor who was a series regular on one of my favorite TV shows when I was in high school. From the 90s, in syndication, like this is a big time show. Big time show, and he was in every single episode. And um, here we were auditioning together, you know, for just, just a regular commercial, for a Schwab commercial, um, where he would not be you know he's not it wouldn't be like a celebrity doing this commercial he was just just an actor, an actor. doing a job yeah and 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 we talked for a while and i you know he talked about how things are going and i realized like you never make it yeah <laughs> you've, never, you've never just you're never done you're never, you're never you're done ne you're never you always have to keep working and keep hustling and and you know if if that next acting job isn't there when you need it you either you're either going to tighten your belt or you're going to be looking at those other income streams and other ways to make yeah. money. And right. I mean, like, and, and even in the landscape of the corporate world, you know, it, it has changed severely where, you know, you used to, our parents, they would get a job and they'd stay at it for 40, 50 years and then retire. Yeah. It, that's yeah. not the landscape anymore. Um, no, both my parents worked for the school district for, I mean, my mom retired having worked there for like, I want to say 30 years or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's just, yeah. And, and we are the type that just, I couldn't sit at it or do the same thing even for mm -hmm. that long. I, no. You know, shows don't run that long and, you know, you don't do tour concerts for that amount of time. So I can't even imagine. Our generation is definitely like different. We've, we've got, oh, which is good and bad, I guess. We've got yeah. employment ADD. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say it all the time because I love her. I think she's an awesome actress and probably because I've been watching her since I was five years old, but um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm -hmm. uh, I follow her mm -hmm. on Instagram and I would really like to be friends with her. But anyway, that's another story. Um, she's so cute. And she was the one that I found out about Cameo about because she was like, hey, you guys, I just joined Cameo. Come on, like, let me say hello to one of your friends for you. We're singing them a happy birthday. Here's the thing with Jennifer Love Hewitt. She's been working since she was five, steadily, blockbuster films. She's on a series that's been picked up year after year after year, going into its fourth season, I think, 911. And um, so she has a steady acting career, and she's still on Cameo, y'all, because yeah. you never know. So you're always hustling and working as an actor. Like, you always are thinking ahead you know you're diversifying you have to be you have to be yeah and you got a book like you know with the do our project we're lucky that because so the way it works with us is like 
Um, if we get a show, like I was supposed to be doing a play right now and then leaving to do another musical outside of the Do I Project, but we have these gigs booked so far in advance because- I was looking at you know, your schedule. You guys, are, you're supposed to be doing a show next week, I think. We, yeah, and I think actually we're supposed to have one yesterday. <laughs> I, I lost track now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've had, we've, you know, we've been missing, of course, left and right. Um, but, you know, you kind of have to have that mentality. You have to kind of know where you're, try and know if you can, where your next job is coming from. And if not, then there's the good old standby side job, which is, I've had friends that were like, that were personal assistants and babysitters or temp work or a friend of mine does extra work, mm -hmm. um, you know, which is like also still acting and, you know, you're on the set and hopefully you're learning something, you know, from that. So it's it's definitely if you sit and think about it too much it can actually drive you crazy which i have allowed it to do quite a few times <laughs> to the point where i've quit the business in my head like 17 times probably to this point but, <laughs> but that being said you have to have faith and hope and believe in yourself and so working on those things are like what will get you through while you're doing oh, the side job i mean i used to literally like be learning lines like at the side i've also waited many of tables like at actual restaurants too and i did room service too when I first moved to New York. Really? And I, yes, I, yes. And I, <laughs> there was a time where I was like, did she call me up here like in her robe uh, because she thought something was going to happen? Like, this isn't, you know, the full service station in Hollywood. Like, this. <laughs> <laughs> so the, why did she know. just order pickles? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who even knew we had an eggplant in the kitchen? That's actually what? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh my god this is free emojis so how would we know how would we have yeah <laughs> oh my god that's amazing that's amazing yeah. um yes. it's funny because uh you and jason kelly we keep referring to him because you are the only two guests so far besides our women you're our male guests who have rivaled right. us with uh you know um sexual aggression from fans right yeah so, that's why we keep bringing it up because we're like uh yes this is not this is an industry issue not yeah. necessarily just a <laughs> female issue well, um i want to say that jason was working at a, an all-male review at the time that's true uh, uh, so, it's a little okay. bit different that's Charles, an, that's Charles hazard right charles yeah. more in line with um <laughs> the ladies in the industry i will say when it comes to sexual harassment but you guys yeah. if you saw him you'd be if, if you don't know if you haven't seen him Listen, no offense, buddy, but you shouldn't be so goddamn good looking. <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for mm -hmm. keeping him on until he really revealed some juicy I secrets. Said it. I wanted you did to it. hear the dirt. I wanted to know. I'm so proud of you. Um, Where have you been when you fell out of my life, Charles? Yeah. He's been, oh, wait, oh, all he's been a room service waiter delivering pickles and eggplants. Yes, I think it's eggplants, egg the emoji. Yeah, I'm Jewish. Pickles. Wow. We went there. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> Charles, I, like I, didn't know we were I didn't know we were talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, Charles, thank you so much for joining us. It was so sweet You're of so you. You're so welcome. It was you really guys, great. it's my pleasure. This is great. And before we, um, before we cut out, is there anything that we, we talked about the Duo Project, we mm -hmm. talked about your album. Um, no, I don't know if there's merch available on Duop Projects. Yeah, okay. So the www.thedoopproject.com is where you can find all the things Duop Project. Um, but when our tour resumes, you'll be able to check out our tour dates on there. But also, you know, we're on Instagram and Facebook. But also like my uh, Brown Charles, at Brown Charles, my Instagram page. So yes, like me on there. And I have a Facebook fan page, Charles Brown. 
And that's where you can find everything Charles. We'll put all Charles' information up for you to link to his Instagram and the Duop Project and Facebook so that you can follow along as well and get those dates um, on and see if they're doing any special projects during isolation if this happens again. Yeah, we'll have a single sometime this year. And also, yeah, if we, if we come to a drive-in near you or something of that nature, a parking lot incredible. in the back of some <laughs> unopened <laughs> store, incredible. then you'll know. Well <laughs> Join us next week when our guest will be Wall Street Journal best-selling author Kendra Elliott. Kendra Elliott, big-time author Kendra Elliott. You should all go out and buy a book or two or twenty because she's written over twenty books of hers before the episode. They are so fun to read, and she is funny and delightful, all-around cool human. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. She showed on Monday, made love on Tuesday, on Wednesday she was down. We fought on Thursday, made up on Friday, but now I'm losing ground. You call me lazy, you think I'm crazy, so why'd you come around? She want my money, but I got my money, this ain't no savings and loans.